Welcome class, my name is Jeff Polier, and you're listening to Heroclix 201. There are plenty of podcasts and videos that talk about things like the current scene, upcoming sets and events, or how to play, so I won't be covering any of that. With this class, I want to dive into details that many players, especially newer ones, may not know. Today's episode was recorded on the 3rd of October, 2018. Set Spotlight, where I talk about a specific release and feature noteworthy figures from that set. Hypertime was the second Heroclix set released and introduced DC characters to the game. The main set had 130 figures plus 10 LEs, and there were three special releases. Hypertime introduced several new game elements, including the gold and purple powers and bystanders. Bystanders were cardboard elements included in map packs. Some were named characters, while other were generic people. The bystanders of Hypertime were mostly point filler and or mastermind fodder. The two exceptions both had a printed one damage, everybody else had zero, and a team ability. Alfred Pennyworth was six points, seven, eight, fifteen, one, with a four range and the Batman team, or Batman ally team ability granting him stealth. I'd argue that a better use of six points would be the security guard, with 7-7-14-1, 6 range, and the police team ability. 6 points for the bonus that the police TA grants is still a good value today. The first DC figure to make it into anybody's hands was the purple-ringed promo Batman. For 120 points, Batman had 8 clicks of life, 8 range with 2 targets, and the Batman ally team ability. His opening click was 8 13 16 3 with leap climb, incapacitate, willpower, and outwit. His outwit changes to leadership for clicks 2 through 5 and then back to outwit for the final three clicks. Batman's only speed power is that leap climb, which is on the first three clicks, and his incapacitate is only for the first two clicks. That willpower stays with him through click 6. When I first obtained this figure, the new Powers and Abilities card wasn't out yet, so I didn't know what that purple collar in the defense slot was, or the Batman team ability was. While most old figures were later given keywords, this Batman doesn't, probably because of his status as a promotional figure that wouldn't be legal for tournaments. My rookie pick from the main set is HT052 Aquaman. This is the Aquaman with the yellow ring and would be in a common slot in a booster. He was 27 points for 6 clicks with no range and no team ability but does have the swim movement symbol. He had super strength for the first 3 clicks and leadership for the first 2. His opening click was 6, 10, 15, 3. For 27 points, the ability to pick up an object and do enough damage to hurt even the strongest of characters was a great value. He'd later be given the Atlantis keyword. The sculpt was of the Aquaman of the day, with long hair and a hook in place of his left hand. I modified mine to look like the classic Aquaman, with short hair, two hands, and an orange shirt. The blue-ringed experienced Catwoman was Hypertime 038 and would be found in the uncommon slot of a booster. She was 59 points, had zero range, the Batman enemy team ability, and six clicks of life. 
She's highly mobile, having leap climb her entire dial. After her first two clicks of incapacitate, her attack power switched to the brand new smoke cloud. Probably a good thing, since her attack value is so low by then that she'd be lucky to hit anybody. Also on those first two clicks are super senses to keep her from being KO'd, and outwit to flummox the opposition. Her opening click was 9-8-16-2, and she ended with 6-6-12-1. Her given keyword would be Gotham City. Coming from the rare slot of a booster, HT111 Superman was a red-ringed veteran to be afraid of. Costing a whopping 219 points, Superman came with 11 clicks of life, 8 range, single target, the Justice League team ability, and flight. He had charged the first 5 clicks and the new Force Blast the final 3. Superman had super strength the first 8 clicks and leadership his entire dial. His defense slot was particularly vexing to opponents as he had the new impervious power for the first 4 clicks. Not many figures did more than 2 damage, penetrating damage wasn't a thing, and he had a 1 in 3 chance of ignoring all damage. After those impervious clicks, he had toughness on all except his final click. Superman's starting numbers were an astounding 12-11-16-3. He was retroactively given the keywords JLA and Metropolis. A fascinating choice from the Uniques is Hypertime 128 Flash. This is the Jay Garrick Flash, where 101 points gives you 8 clicks, 0 range, no team ability, and a whole lot of the new power, hypersonic speed. In fact, that's Flash's only power, and he had it the entire dial. His opening click was 20 10 17 1. By the end, he's only moving 15 squares, but with a 5 attack, it's probably good that he could try and land a punch and then run away to hide. Flash's keywords would be Central City, Justice Society, and Past. The Ted Cord LE version of Blue Beetle, HT139, was okay for 51 points. He had 6 clicks and no team ability, but an 8 range with 2 targets. Those two lightning bolts worked well with the energy explosion on his first three clicks, or the incapacitate on the final three. Also on the first three clicks were Force Blast and Toughness. On the back end, he lost Force Blast for Leap Climb, but was pretty defenseless. His opening click was 8-10-16-2, and he had that two damage his entire dial. He was later given five keywords, Birds of Prey, Justice League International, Martial Artist, Scientist, and Super Buddies. The first Colossal also came out at this time as the blister-packed HTD-01 Sinestro. The sculpt was really cool. It was a standard-sized Sinestro sculpt with a huge, translucent yellow Cordian warrior around him. Like most Colossal figures to come, he would take up four squares on a map. He was playable at 300, 200, or 100 points, and had a 10 range and flight. His dial is barely worth mentioning. At 300 points, he has 7 clicks out of 18 that would maybe be worth playing before he becomes an oversized target. The opening click of 10, 11, 17, 5 is great with super strength, impervious, and outwit, but it only takes one hit for him to lose the super strength and impervious for telekinesis and toughness. Things go quickly downhill from there. Item Inspection 
What are the things you reach for when you want more than a standard light and heavy object? From cardboard objects with special abilities to 3D representations, from word balloons to light constructs, this is Item Inspection. Still one of my favorite objects after all these years came in the Outdoor Adventure Kit. It's the 3D object Dumpster. The dumpster had special text, heavy. This object is not destroyed when used in an attack. The attacker places it in any square adjacent to the target after use. For a character with charge and super strength, the dumpster was the gift that kept on giving. As a bonus, using the dumpster doesn't take any points from your build total. A particularly useful but hard to find light construct is the bulldozer from War of Light. The text for the construct reads, This character can use Force Blast. When it does, it may target an opposing character within four squares and line of fire, and all characters adjacent to that opposing character. Just wow! With a roll of a single d6, you can seriously mess up an opponent's plans. There are, it seems, an awful lot of characters that can't be knocked back for one reason or another, but there's still more that can be. Ideally, you're not just moving enemies away from you, but also into a wall or off of elevated terrain to cause them some damage. The blue bulldozer construct came with that color power battery. The green bulldozer was available in packs of the War of Light construct's gravity feed. The other seven colors were, as far as I can tell, only available through the con in your store program. Any way you look at it, this was a difficult construct to obtain. There are keywords we all know and use, both named and generic. But what about the other, almost unknown keywords? Let's reach into the keyword cornucopia. Since it came up as a keyword for the Ted Cord LE from Hypertime, let's talk Super Buddies. Super Buddies, as a team, was Keith Griffin, J.M. DeMatteis, and Kevin McGuire revisiting their glory days of Justice League America in a book called Formerly Known as the Justice League. As a keyword, Super Buddies has appeared with 20 figures over the years, starting with veteran Blue Beetle, veteran Booster Gold, and the Ellie counterparts of both of them in Happer Time. The most recent appearance of the keyword was with 2017 OP kit versions of, again, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Other characters that have had the keyword over the years include Captain Atom, Maxwell Lord, Mary Marvel, and, of course, Gnort. Battlefield conditions can help your team or hinder your enemy. Of course, that's a double-edged sword. Time to break down some BFC DNA. A battlefield condition that seems apropos to speak about this time is Poor Teamwork. Poor Teamwork was introduced in 2005's DC set Legacy, and then used again in two Marvel sets, 2005's Fantastic Forces and 2006's Supernova. The text of the card reads, Characters may not be carried. Characters with telekinesis may not target friendly characters. If you had a reason to suspect that your opponent would be relying on either of those things, this was a great BFC to spring on them. So why is this apropos? The artwork on the DC version of this card has Kevin McGuire art of the Justice League team forming a cheerleading-style pyramid. It's pretty funny. For a price, you could add extra powers to your characters if they met certain qualifications. These are the featured feats. Long before Precision Strike was introduced as a pink power, there was Armor Piercing. 
Armor-piercing was introduced as a feat in the Legacy set. This feat could be assigned to any character for 10 points. The text read, Choose a character. Damage dealt by the character may not be reduced below 1. This was the answer for those characters that couldn't do enough damage to hurt an opposing figure with invulnerability or impervious. Armor-piercing was also released as a feat in Marvel's Armor Wars set. The second feat we're going to talk about today has a familiar name, but a very different effect. Sidestep came out in 2008's DC set, Crisis. It was also 10 points, but did have the prerequisite of duo attack, meaning that the figure you would assign this feat to would have to have the double fist attack icon. The text reads, Choose a character. When using the duo attack special ability, before making the second attack, the character can attempt to move up to four squares. It must still successfully break away if necessary. If it moves, it must be able to attempt the second attack after the move. With this feat in place, a duo figure would reduce the risk of making their first attack, KOing the target, and then not having ready to hit with the second attack. I don't have commercial sponsors for this podcast, but I'm going to promote a product or service every episode. This is a business that I like and support, and think you could too. This week's business is Indulgence Fine Chocolates. Indulgence offers chocolates in dark, milk, and white varieties, and with a variety of additional flavorings, including peanut butter, cherry, and mint. Aside from being high quality and delicious, Indulgence offers their chocolates in a variety of fun shapes. My favorite, of course, is the Fandom Pack 2 that has chocolate shaped like the Millennium Falcon, the TARDIS, X-Wing Fighters, and more. You can order at www.indulgencefinechocolates.com or by calling 971-770-1954. In Map Minutiae, I'm going to cover a specific map from the hundreds that have been produced over the years. The Justice League Watchtower map came in 2003's DC Map Pack. Like all the original maps, this map is 3 feet by 3 feet, 24 squares by 24 squares. Also like all those old maps, terrain wasn't marked on the map. While starting areas were dictated by the rulebook, players would need to agree on what areas of the map were which kind of terrain based on the art. In my version of the map, it includes blocking terrain, hindering terrain, water terrain, and walls. Being a square map, it could be used for four-player games. In a two-player game, players would start only in opposing instead of neighboring starting areas. Personally, I would want to start either on the side that includes columns A and B, or columns W and X. Time for character creation, where I'll take a character that's never been clicked, or should be redone and give them a new dial and card. Perhaps one of the least wanted members of the Justice League and Super Buddies was... Gnort. Gnort was sometimes the team's Green Lantern. A bipedal, dog-like alien, he was rather incompetent and not particularly brave for a Green Lantern. It was eventually revealed that, unknown to him, his ring was a cheap copy of a real Green Lantern ring, but he proved himself capable and received entry to the actual Green Lantern Corps. He first appeared in Justice League International No. 10 in 1988. 
Nort has only been clicked once before, and that was for the Green Lantern box set in 2006. I'd say he's long past due to be remade. I'm keeping a few things from the original, including the 70-point cost, 6 clicks of life, flight, and no team affiliation. His range is shortened to 6 with a single target. Gnort has a single trait, Ring-a-Ding. During force construction, Gnort may be equipped with a War of Light green construct by paying its cost. A little old-fashioned? Yes. Not usable during modern game? Unfortunately. I just think it's neat and thematic. Gnort's opening click is rather vanilla. 8-10-16-2 with running shot, energy explosion, energy shield deflection, and perplex. After all, who's more perplexing than Gnort? His numbers are the same on click 2, but he changes the ESD for his first special power, gaining self-confidence. This keeps him having energy shield deflection and adds willpower. Click 3 is 7-10-16-2 with sidestep, incapacitate, and the gaining self-confidence special power. Click 4 really changes things up. The numbers aren't that different with 7-9-17-2, but his powers are very different. He retains sidestep, but loses the defense special power for toughness and gains an attack special power. Mad Dog. Mad Dog reads, Gnort can use Battle Fury and Blades Claws Fangs. Gnort's mad as hell, and he's not going to take it anymore. Click 5 keeps Mad Dog in toughness, changes sidestep for charge, and adds exploit weakness. The numbers are 7, 10, 17, 2. On his final click, he's calmed down, and his numbers are 6, 9, 16, 2, with telekinesis, ESD, perplex, and a speed special power. Gnort saves the day. Gnort may use hypersonic speed. His attack during this action deals penetrating damage. So that's Gnort. He was a lot of fun to create, and I hope we see a new version of him from WizKids someday. It's Team Ability Time Capsule. In this segment, I'll talk about an ATA or a team ability that isn't used any longer. In keeping with the unofficial theme of this lesson, I'm going to cover the Justice League International ATA. The required keywords to use this ATA were Justice League Antarctica, Justice League Europe, or Justice League International. The text for this print-and-play additional team ability read, Whenever a character using this team ability would be dealt damage, you can choose to reduce damage dealt by one if you deal one unavoidable damage to a friendly character using this team ability that is adjacent to this character. An errata was added. This can only be used once per damage dealt. I'm sure that errata was added because players were using this ETA to spread four damage amongst four characters. The Justice League International additional team ability cost three points for each character it was assigned to. That's it for this time. Thank you for listening. HeroClix 201 is presented by the Podcastcadia Network. Questions or comments? Want to chime in about an upcoming topic? I welcome your feedback. Search for HeroClix 201 on Facebook, where you'll also find a visual companion to the various things I discussed this episode. You can also show support on Patreon. Next class, I'll be talking about the next Marvel set, Clobberin' Time, and creating a dial for a character that's never been clicked. Until then, be good, have fun, play clicks.